0: The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome welcome, to Data Guru's podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be be brave and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome Welcome, Welcome to the Data Gurus podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of Data Growers. This is Seema Vas, your host. And today I'm joined by Zane Raj, who is the CEO and chairman of Shapira and Raj Agency. Welcome, Zane.
2: Good to be here, Seema.
1: You look so professional and you look like somebody who is pre COVID in the office, dressed with a jacket, pressed shirt. Um, very impressive.
2: Well, thank you. (laughs) I don't see it
1: that often yet. People are still casual. People are like, you know, working from their bedrooms. You get to see all kinds of different things. So it seems like you've kind of progressed back into, I don't want to say normal, but maybe a new normal.
2: Yeah. You know what? I think the interesting part is I never left
1: Ah, for me to come back. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I had COVID actually in November of 2019 before COVID became popular and fashionable. Right.
1: Uh, (laughs) I don't know about fashionable. we
2: got to validate it when we worked with the clients who were actually building up, you know, the tests for the vaccine. Yes. And so from that, so that's one piece, yeah? The other piece is as our people went remote, somebody had to hold down the force. So there's five of us, you know, number two, Amir, IT team, and some of the leaders of our businesses all basically said, we got to be here Mm. to manage, right? Somebody has to have radar and kind of decide, given the fact that we've got a lot of our people spread all over the country, right? So from that standpoint, so I've been in the office literally through the entire process and I've been traveling to clients and stuff through the entire process. And for me, at a fundamental level, the one thing that cuts the whole challenge of emotional dissonance is Mm -hmm. by being able to get to an office and you go to the office, you go to work, you go professionally, and which is what I do. And it actually... Makes me look good. It helps.
1: Yeah. Routine, predictability are all good things. I want to talk about your company, but let's first talk about, let's understand a little bit of your journey as to how you got to this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting journey. So for people who know me know that I actually tend to have, you know, a a kind of a mellow version of ADD, right? Which means I get bored very easily and I like to do different things. And, you know, my journey started 36 years ago. I was uh, graduating with an economic and finance degree. This was still in India. I was going to be a CPA. Right. Uh landed up actually graduating early, but decided this is now my rest of my life is going to work. I'm going to keep one more semester and hang out. Right. But yes. to stay in a semester, you have to take some classes. And the university offered a new program in a thing called advertising.
1: Oh, how neat. And go, That's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. I go,
2: you know what? Economics, finance to become a CPA, dull, boring, three years (laughs) of indenture servitude before I can get a license to actually go work for somebody. So I'll do advertising. Sounds like fun. And you know what happened? What happened? Good for you. I pivoted into that. And 36 years later, having lived in the marketing industry, I've never had an unhappy day, right? Uh, Because of what I do and I love what I do. So that's how it all started. Moved to the U.S. because I ended up meeting this girl who was born in India, but grew up here at my brother's wedding. One thing led to another, proposed to her. We got married, stayed in India for a year, but she was very unhappy. That's
1: a great so story, moved, too.
2: Right? Yeah. So, so moved here, which is where parents are, and never left Chicago because I've wow. been here ever since. But, you know, and um, land up getting into the advertising industry, land up running big global clients, mm-hmm. you know, and for of brand. as the world kept on evolving from, Brand advertising, you had direct marketing, got into integrating those. And then from direct marketing, it became data, analyst, analytics, right? Yeah. And then yeah. ended up going from there to the world of digital.
1: What did you love about advertising in those early days? What drew you to that industry?
2: You know, it's actually interesting, right? There is great advertising is built on being able to have empathy, right? Yeah. and creativity to be able to kind of, you know, attract somebody's attention in a way that's relevant, but then also persuade them. Okay. Yep. And then there's also a terrific opportunity for the left brain because it allows you to kind of see what you do and see if that worked or not. And then you learn along yes. the way, right? So yep. me, you know, I've always been a whole brain kind of guy, right? You know, that's why I love my music, I write, I do all of that, but on the left, I can also see Excel spreadsheets, sure. and I can see those numbers, meaning stuff, right? That's what happened, right? Because when I was doing economics and finance, become a CPA, and in those days in India, the CPA was a very narrow job. Sure. You know, you yes. wrote the debits, You wrote it all happened manually, right? You just mm-hmm. balance the book. There wasn't that creativity that you see in finance, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was the thing that I was, I knew I was not going to like, I was going to hate, but, you know, as the eldest son in, the, uh, in a business family. Sure. Want to take over the business in India, as you know, yes. right? Yes, yes. So you need to know how money happens. So economics, finances, CPA was the right way to do it. It was a safe route. And then route. You know, I went to find advertising and I've been, you know, it, that was about, yeah. right? You can be creative, but you can be analytic and you get to work with the diversity of talent. That's amazing. True, right? yes. Creative people are creative people and they kind of think differently. They dream differently. Yeah. So, So that's what I've loved. Right. And
1: to your point about empathy, you also get to understand different consumers, different segments of people and how they think and what their need states are and how they live. And that's also really fascinating as well.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the way I talk about it, Seema, is, you know, the way you describe it is wonderful. But the way I talk about it is like you can never, ever be effective in communicating to somebody unless you can walk in their mm-hmm. shoes. You know, sense their heart, right? Understand right. their gut, and they see how they think, right? Yes. Otherwise, you know, understanding different customers, like we talk about in our insights world, all of that is great. But you know, being able to kind of be them mm-hmm. and frame mm-hmm. that. I remember my the biggest powerful validation on this thing came from a guy called Chuck Maniscalco, okay, who at Quaker was an insights director when I first met him, but then he transitioned to marketing and took over. You know, a brand and those is called Cycle Dog Food, and I went on to build out the Gatorade business and stuff like that. And we were friends ever, uh, you know, ever since. To the extent that when he retired, he actually was a chairman of my company for a few years. Wow. Now, he passed, you know, I took over the title, and you sure. know, we're not going to bring it. But Chuck said this to me: the first workshop I was in, when I was integrated agency workshop, I was still a junior guy. And then, he, but I was representing the professional part of the dog food business, which means talking to veterinarians and vet techs, right? Right. And he asked me to go and I started talking like a vet. And when I say vet, it sounds like with a W, but I mean the one with just Understood.
1: V. Yes. <laughs>
2: but, you know, and it was like, I was able to kind of, you know, talk about how a veterinarian and a tech would actually yeah. address those kind of issues. And he said, wow, that's, you know, that was powerful, Zane, because you have brought them to life. And that, you know, how it is, you get a validation. Yeah, you feel
1: great about it. Yes.
2: And that just kind of kept on. So I think empathy, the ability to get deep are critical in any business, but obviously in ours.
1: Agreed. Completely agreed. And it takes a lot of time and effort, right? It doesn't happen overnight. You kind of have to let it cogitate, be around people in that similar environment. And yeah, that's the beauty of it. it. It is actually very rewarding. And also you have to be open.
2: You have to be very open.
1: You have to be very open. So then tell me, how did you start your current company? When did that happen? You know, what yeah. was the impetus?
2: Yeah, so I landed up, you know, being at agencies, mm-hmm. got recruited to build out a company uh, by private equity, you know, called Solutions Set, then we kind of, you know, branded it as hyper marketing. And over a three-year period, you know, I took a $62 million business, making $8 million in EBITDA, and turned it into a quarter of a billion dollar business, make 45 million EBITDA in about 30 months. Wow. And then we end up having an exit, right? You know, uh, we got acquired by Alliance Data Systems, plugged into Epsilon. I was president of Epsilon Agency Services, did that for a year, and then decided that I was kind of sort of done with Mm. big company. Corporate, yep. I mean, been done that, run global businesses, run, you know, big companies. I'm done. I just, for the next stage of my career, I wanted to go do something different. Now, as an aside, there was another personal issue driving it. Sure. You know, about a few years prior to that, I'd been diagnosed with leukemia, a rare ah. form. I was getting treatment for those. And I'm like, you know what? Life is life, yeah. right? You never know, right? Right. right? And the rare form that I had had a high mortality rate. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to live the rest of my life in a way that is more fulfilling for me, but also giving me time with my family. Because as an that. immigrant, yep. I'd been traveling a lot. I, you know, family came second because I had built the house on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. I got to be fortunate enough where we could afford to be on the upper end of the spectrum.
0: Mm.
2: And so looked and I go, what would give me the most joy, but also solve a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And interestingly, people call me highly innovative and stuff like that. And I tell them I'm not, I'm not truly an innovator, right? What I am... Is somebody who can actually find a fault line in any industry. Okay. And then try and build a capability that fulfills the fault line, right? Okay, yes. So, so the last company I built, I told you that I sold, was a marketing services business led by big brand strategy, big brand create, which nobody could do, right?
1: Yep.
2: And so, the biggest problem I saw my client friends at the senior level was struggling with is the world of insight, right? Mm because insights had gotten commoditized because primary research was no longer being used as primary because there were so many other sources of data data sources. that had come about. And there had been, you know, there were analytic talent that Mm -hmm. just did transactional data and behavioral. Then there was all the data from social media and senior people who grew up in the world with limited data were struggling. And how do you get? And insights didn't exist because everybody had, a new data point Mm -hmm. that they used. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we lost the construct. And the problem with big businesses, when you lose the construct, you can't trust anything. You don't trust anything and it becomes very tactical and then you have a problem. Yes. So I decided to go build a new model of an insights company. So I bought Shapiro, which was the largest independents based in Chicago with whom I had a long history. Bought them as a platform, added a digital agency. This was a social media agency with digital analytics founded by Ex MIT guys, okay, right? Yeah. with clients like IBM and stuff, and they were doing some really, really cutting edge stuff. They were in the top quadrant with Gardner. Then I'm adding a creative capability, so you know, integrated a cre- you know a, execution,
1: a yeah,
2: it's ideation, ideation, right? ideation. Not, okay, not ideation, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll explain that in a second. Sure, and then brought in you know uh, brand strategists from advertising agencies plus consulting firms to kind of run this stuff. So you mm-hmm. know. Capiro had deep social science and behavioral science expertise, people with that. But we rounded this off for one simple reason, right? How do you get insights uh, right with dramatic, innovative methodologies? But then more importantly, you can get those. But how do they get activated? Sure. The big problem our clients faced when I was on the other side and I faced Mm. was you got big reports with lots of implications. And then all we did was for four months, six months, of trying to figure out what to do with all of right, that. Right, right. By the time I figured it out, the world had shifted again.
1: Yeah, right? and it's so even faster now, It's right? crazy fast, yeah. right? Time is yeah. the biggest
2: thing. Yep. So I'll end up adding all of these pieces to become what we call a strategic insights consultancy that basically is, doesn't just give you the what's and the so what, but fundamentally get to the now what, so that you can actually get to market faster.
1: How many years have you been in business? Just to kind of go back to that when you first started.
2: So Shapiro and Raj as an agency has now been in business for 64 years.
1: Okay. All right. Got it. And you took the helm at what point?
2: In 2015.
1: Okay. All right. And that's when you added all these additional capabilities and you said, we're going to reinvent the way we go to market and what we provide to clients.
2: Yeah. So what we did was, you know, bought Shapiro and then over the last five years, literally got rid of a number of the stuff that they had because sure. that was right. they had yep. a recruiting arm to get recruit responders they had a facility that uh, you know we used for our client yep. you know they had a legal business that mm. we said so we kind of got rid of stuff that was not core mm-hmm. and we built our business around uh, more a insights consultancy versus data collection
1: And when you think about the clients on the client side, you actually just referred to before we got on recording, you've been helping clients with board presentations, helping them understand the impact of COVID. You know, where's your entry point to clients when you first talk about, you know, how can we help you?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think, so just to give you an idea, right, my business is kind of split into two chunks. Okay. Right. Chunk A is what I call our life sciences business Mm -hmm. business with a lot of large pharma. We work with six of the top 10 largest pharma companies in the world, yada, yada, right? Yep. At that one, And then the second part, which is non-pharma business, consumer, which is focused around financial services, home improvement, building materials, right? Retail and technology. Okay. For the non-pharma part of the business, our entry happens at the C-level. Okay. okay? Because there, we are more a strategic consultancy with really, really strong methodologies that can get them to insights and outcomes and activation, right? Okay. Yep. So we tend to get hired to create transformative strategies. Okay. And you have done that for the largest retailer in the world, which mm-hmm. kind of pivoted their thing to, you know, with the largest door manufacturer in the world to, you know, the second largest bank in the world to VRA, right? So- the world of pharma, the entry point is in a different level. It okay. goes into the insights organization. Okay. At the director level is where we start, but again, you know, then our scope expands. So the pharma world is a different approach. So we are a great research company with amazing strategy capability. Most of our competitors don't have. Okay. Versus the non-pharma, we're a strategy company with amazing you research. You lead with the strategy that our yeah. competitors don't have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's just two sides of the coin. Got it. And so what happens, we're not just helping our clients write the board Mm. presentation. We're actually in the board meetings, helping articulate that, working with them on the long-term planning, the innovation planning and stuff like that. So
1: that's exciting.
2: Yeah, so the, it's what I did when I was in the agency world. It's what I did when I was in consulting, Yeah, okay. When you work with the clients and you didn't just give them stuff that they're going to take. You're not a doer for things. You're a part You're of the actually team. You're inspiring, yes. leading and driving, right? Yes. So that's where you got relationships with the CEOs of those companies, right? Relationship mm-hmm. with the of those companies and the C-suite because we're making an impact of actual transformation. Right. The business, right? Yep. Versus we came in and did a segmentation that, Now you need to present to your board and we'll give you the slides. Uh, That's not what we do.
1: Yep. So what is, I know that, you know, obviously COVID has wreaked havoc on so many businesses today and you're one of the agents of change, not change, I would say providing insights and consulting to these companies about how to deal and manage with covid Obviously, understanding the past is important, but going forward is even more important, right, in terms of how do companies adjust and deal with it. What's your advice to companies as they're dealing with this radical shift?
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's um, the interesting part about the radical shift, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually not been, we figured out the shift that was happening with human beings. Right. OK, so yes. The approach, the approach that we take and I think it is at a very simple level, how is a human being going to respond to the changing world? Right. So if you ask that question, that's the way we, you know, we kind of work our way. Then what are the changes happening in the economic and the geopolitical and the person's environment and all of that? Right. right. What we see is a world today that has, again, no framework. So most consumers Mm -hmm. and most people have no idea how to kind of think about their life today. Should I wear my mask or not wear my mask? Should (laughs) I go to work? Should I go to work? Should I commute? Should I travel? Should I, right? So everybody is living the world with conflicts, constantly questioning
1: and figuring out which, how they feel that day.
2: Yeah. And and that is the reason why, you know, we've got so much mental issues. Yes. Stuff like that. Okay. And so, in that, so that's one uncertainty. Now, if you take it to the business level, okay, the uncertainty on the business is when is my supply problem going to get solved? Mm. What is my pricing going to be? Right? right. I mean, I've been taking orders over the last six months. I'm I'm backlog on delivering orders. Everything's in short supply. Yes. You know, but prices are going up. I'm start, I'm no longer making money. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so how do I deal with that? What are my pivots of change? Yeah. Right. And so the way what the way we've been framing with our clients is by actually predicting the future and working backwards. Okay. Even as early as last year in January, we're talking about with a lot of our clients saying like, there are places that we've had momentum that are we're gonna lose that momentum and get the negative rebounds, right? Yeah. So let's talk about home improvement, which is one of the sectors we play in a big way. Sure. You know, since last year we said there is gonna come a time that at a fundamental level, this people are gonna stop spending money on their homes mm-hmm. because they've done enough and they're gonna move, mm-hmm. right? Now, logically makes sense, everything. But because of the methodologies we have, we are able to actually predict what people are like. Cause you know, we're, as we're looking into the future because of, right. segment of the kind of people. And it's fascinating that, you know, so when you start working back, there's gonna be a, a stall you're going to have to work harder. You're going to have supply issues that are going to happen. Yes. So how do you react to all of that? And that's when you start gaming scenarios, out, which is why brand strategists, without mm-hmm. them, you can't do this kind of thing because you need people. But you also need people who uh, had operating experience. And then you need instruments that can go on. And so I think what we're seeing is a number of categories are starting to see a negative rebound. Okay. Okay. And people are not seeing it yet Uh, on most companies because they're looking at ANUs and going, hey, everything looks good. Right. But As you and I both know, that's looking backwards, not looking forward. So one is there is a negative rebound happening in building materials, home improvement, you know, financial services, all of those. That, the things that did really well. Grocery, right? Mm -hmm. Grocery did really well. grocery is going to stay strong, but grocery, as we've all seen, has pivoted to a delivery model. Yes. But that delivery model has also created got competitive insurgents that are starting to disintermediate stores,
1: yep. right? Yep.
2: And so how do you deal with that? How do you deal with service? The other thing that we, we predicted last year, which happened is the whole talent issue, right? Yeah. So we also start struggling with talent, but more importantly, there are clients who have factories, basically that they are shutting down right now, you know, because they can't hire enough people, Yeah. right? You can't hire enough people at restaurants and hotels. Why is that? You know, do you know which category is actually picked up the most number of people that is hurting hospitality and travel?
1: No, I don't. Is it hospitality? No. No. Uber,
2: Lyft. Ah, Jordan, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because what's happened is, so let me give you a story, right? Maria. Okay. Maria works, used to work two jobs. Yes. Right. You get paid $16 an hour, right? You know, her husband works three jobs. Mm-hmm. Grandma's watching the kids, right? Maria, mm-hmm. $16 an hour. Just up 10 hours a day, right? six days a week, right? $160, yeah. that up, right? Not yep. a lot of money. She landed up, you know, two months ago, bumping into a girlfriend of hers she hadn't seen in a while who used to work with her. He goes, hey, what happened? And she goes, you know what happened? I'm making $4,000 a week right now. And I have control of my life and my time. Yeah. Goes, what are you doing? Because my husband goes to work. I used to drop him off. Come home, be a housewife, get the kids, then go. Right. Work, for ten hours, come back. Right. Yeah. Because you know what I'm doing? Uber and Lyft. Yeah. And DoorDash. Door door
1: dash. Yeah.
2: Right. Yep. I work hours I want. Yeah. I don't. Have to she has control over time. I'm making four thousand dollars a week. Yeah. If you look at the trends, that's where everybody's gone. Yeah. That's where they've gone. And there's a whole entire economy that's being developed. Yeah. And building, right? Which is so if. All my food deliveries, all my food whether mm-hmm. I order, Grubhub, Doordash, or Uber, is delivered by a young lady called Leah,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. she lives in that area and, and she, she knows picks up the every customer's right. Ship, right? Yeah. So when I put it out there, it pops up because she's now she can follow me right. in my ordering yeah. on the apps that she's serving. As soon as she sees that, she's going, "I'm getting that,"
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In
2: the restaurants, because I order from the. Pretty much the same restaurant. After a while, you just find the six places. Exactly. You know, two yeah. for breakfast two for lunch and four <laughs> for dinner. You kind of flip around. Yeah. And so she knows. And so it's been fascinating because and so she she knows what I want extra green sauce from yeah. the Mexican place. And she gets it even if they forget. She checks the order. Yeah. The time she'll text me and go, Hey, I didn't see this on your order. Do you want this? You still
1: want right. it. Yeah.
2: And you know what yesterday what she did? Because I was working from home yesterday, yeah. I decided lunch from the Mexican place, you know, a small burrito. Yeah. He actually bought me a churro wow. so churros as a thank you for, being a, for tipping me so much.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Now, that's interesting.
1: See, yeah, see that's really is, interesting. Nobody,
2: but, and because we kind of talk to people on a consistent basis around the country mm. for what's going on in their lives, that's when we kind of go. Because people are going, I don't have anybody, right? Yeah. You know, the stimulus check is keeping people away. I'm like, no, people have found other jobs that yeah. still do not show up. In the traditional job things. Yep. And it's not just Maria who's doing 16. Hours. Nurses who don't want to work in hospitals right now are doing that. Yeah. And this is like your own boss. So it's that ability to kind of see the world in a different way. Sure. Is what we're going. So that's why we're saying, you know, if you really want to get these people back, guess what you need in a factory. You can't say you got to come in from eight, punch a right. your card, do at 4 I'm going to pay you my hour. You gotta make it flexible. Yeah. You gotta deal. How do you do that? Well, that's what right. somebody should be figuring out. And that's what happened to us. Pre-COVID, we're in three states, in three offices. Today, we're in 21 states. right? In one office. Because, uh, we, only, we still only have, now we only have four offices. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we're adding a fifth in Colorado because guess what? we got a bunch of people that moved to Colorado. Right.
1: yeah. And
2: instead of all of them working from different places, bring them in together, it helps me economically because in Colorado, I'm right now paying for taxes in three counties. Yes. <sighs> so three cities, right? And the state taxes on behalf of my people because, you know, if yeah. I bring them on my best please, I I've had to add a whole new person just to deal with taxes.
1: Taxes, yeah. I mean, it seems like as fundamentally we're we're moving from and a long time coming from the industrial revolution to whatever the knowledge Re- revolution or, or it's a different type of setting for work, if you will, where there's more autonomy, independence, empowerment. And it's definitely challenging leaders to deal with it, especially if they're used to command and control hierarchies, right? Where you can walk the floor, make sure they're in, you know, clock in, clock out. And it's fundamentally shifting society in many ways as well.
2: Yeah. You know, although the challenge that you we've seen productivity on an overall basis drop
1: yeah. Have you
2: between, Yeah, Oh yeah. Because, you know, there are certain roles that you can actually work, but the worst stuff we do when you're doing strategy, yeah. right? when you kind of do, you know, and we've proven it. If you're together, you can crack a couple more collaboration. Yeah. Much quicker and go get back doing, and forth. Yeah. And you know, people together when you're around each other, you yeah. can kind of, you know, build off of each other, iterate and be more creative. Yes. Right. Because that is true. Talk, yeah. Right. And you but feed off you have the a,
1: real energy, right? It's in the room. There's energy there that you can't pick up on a Zoom call.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, the, on this whiteboard, literally, you know, the team and I had been working on cracking the code because I was traveling all of last week at clients. Yeah. And then and I was gone a couple of days this week as well so far. And, you know, they've been kind of working. We've been working remotely to kind of craft out a learning agenda, yeah. right? Struggling. Literally right before this, 45 minutes. Nailed out.
1: You got it down. Yeah. Right? So Huge difference.
2: Yeah. 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 And I think to me that the question then that was going to be, what, you know, how do you kind of figure out a way, you know, mural, we use mural that kind of yes. helps a little bit. Yeah. But it's more a brainstorming thing yeah. than a build something together thing. Yeah. 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 But, you know, my belief is this, which is what, you know, I believe from 2020, even in the midst of hardcore COVID, we kind of signed 10 year leases for new offices in New York, Chicago. and that, 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 Yeah. Right? Is, you know, if you think about human beings, we're social animals. Yes. You want to hang out together. The world's gonna change. The world's been changing dramatically. As of day before yesterday, governors in other states are saying yeah. masks are go da da, right? You know, people are saying I'm not wearing masks anywhere. People are saying I don't want my kids to wear masks in school yes. anymore. Right? Yep. So we're going, and so guess what? The next step, I mean, in the last month and a half, because we you know, we've always been a relaxed organization. We never sure. had You have to be here. You Mm -hmm. can work for whenever, right? As long as the stuff gets done. But people used to come in to do workshop. In the last three months, we've literally had anywhere between 17, no, 11 to 29 people in our office in Chicago.
1: Yeah. People want to see each other.
2: So what we're going to see, I think, in our, based on what I'm hearing from my my teams, and we've got a cross-functional team actually Mm -hmm. defining the new ways of working for Shapiro Raj. Right. right? And then, you know what we're going to see? People coming to the office about three days a week yes right people coming in uh, more for working together but hanging out together and that's what I see you know our yeah. we have a huge long uh, table in our kitchen slash hangout area right, right? It's a big spot with views on the south side of uh, Chicago olive to Indiana and they are hanging out they hang out out there they're yeah. chatting they're kind of working on stuff so we'll see but I think that's the other part that people have to go and you know, and it's very uncomfortable for a lot of our clients. They don't know how to break through and think about the world. So even if they did, they don't know how to solve What to
1: do about it. Zane, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I look forward to keeping in touch and hearing more about your journey.
2: And likewise, you know, I think I appreciate the opportunity of being in there. I appreciate the opportunity to talk a lot, but hopefully it helps.
0: Teams are in flux, but you still have to get your research in field. Partnership with Paradigm Sample means you get our expert focus on every detail of your project. We have access to over one million consumers and many business professionals who are eager to voice their opinions and participate in traditional and non-traditional online studies, whether it comes to sampling programming and hosting services or consultation we are agile and quick to meet your needs visit paradigmsample.com today thank you for tuning in to data gurus podcast this episode has ended but your exploration doesn't have to